Welcome to the Good Money Habits podcast, where we marry financial education with tips from the experts on how to develop good money habits. Knowing what your options are around your finances is one thing, how to translate the knowledge into action for results is quite another. We're all about helping others take steps to gain financial stability, to live a better life. This podcast is brought to you by Lighthouse Capital. It is important to understand that today's episode is of general nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situations or needs and may not be appropriate for you. This is Julia Shortinghouse and welcome back to Good Money Habits. Today I'm joined in the studio by my good friend and peer, Donna Lee Powell. Donna is an an award-winning financial planner and the director of DLP Life Design. She's a past winner of the Association of Financial Advisors Female Excellence and Advice Award. Now there's a mouthful. Um, And just this week was announced by the Financial Standard as one of the 50 most influential advisors in Australia for the second year running. One of her key specialisations is helping her clients navigate through the financial maze of divorce, which is the topic for today's podcast. Donna, welcome to Good Money Habits. Thanks, Julia. I feel very privileged to be here. It's so lovely to have you here. And um, so perhaps not surprisingly, according to Relationships Australia research, financial stress is the number one cause of relationship breakdown. A good example of that was during the financial crisis back in 2008, where that same study cited that the impact of financial stress was further amplified, contributing to one in three breakups. Now, as we all sit here today in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, the economic scarring is becoming evident with indicators like unemployment now sitting at elevated levels. And for some, the situation will sadly worsen as the government temporary support measures are slowly withdrawn. So given that backdrop, talking through the factors that lead to divorce, what you can do to prepare and ways in which you can get support and advice is something that Donna and I both feel is really needed right now. Now Donna, something that struck me over and over is that where advisors choose to specialise in certain areas, it's often sparked by their own personal experiences and I know this to be the case for you. So do you mind if I ask you to share where your focus and passion in this space has come from? Yeah, sure. My specialist area is women, particularly those experiencing separation or the death of a partner. I can't relate to being separated. However, I can relate to becoming single and financially independent at a time when I wasn't ready for it. My husband, Brett, the first love of my life, died at the age of 39 while the kids and I were watching him swim the Busterton Triathlon five years ago now. At the time, I'd sold my last financial planning practice to focus on being a mum and a wife. At the time, I was consulting part-time in the financial advice industry, but it wasn't fulfilling. It didn't really pay well, but it worked for our family at the time. Brett was the main income provider of our family, and my daughter, who was 12 at the time when Brett passed away, had just started year 12 at a private school, which was costing me about $25,000 per annum. There was no way I could afford this fee on my part-time income. So I remember feeling so overwhelmed by the responsibility and often wondered how people without my knowledge, experience, strength and financial position would be able to navigate through this. So this is the main reason why I started DLP Life Design, to support women experiencing these types of events. Yeah, your story is remarkable, Donna, and a stark reminder that unexpected things can happen to us at any time. Now, I remember when the two of us first sat down and talked about what happened to you 
And besides both of us pretty much emptying the <laughs> tissue box, um, what really struck me is that you found strength and courage through adversity to dig deep and, and really have such a strong drive to make a difference. You know, for example, your determination to fight for changes to how institutions handle the financial side of things following death of a partner really stood out to me because I know that was just a horrendous experience for you and perhaps a topic for another another day. You know, as well as doing what you can to help others who might find themselves alone either through death or um, a death of a partner or, or separation. Um, so do you mind sharing some of the challenges you faced and your journey to get to where you are now? Yeah. I guess um, the biggest challenge was while I was heavily grieving the loss of Brett and you know grieving with my children and watching them grieve the loss of their dad, I had the added burden of having to recreate myself in our profession. It'd been a few years since I'd had my financial planning license, so just to get it back in itself, I was required to study additional units, reapply for my license, and then obviously go on to build this financial practice from scratch. God, that's no mean feat by any means. <laughs> This is, um, you know, also while, you know, being a single mum and navigating the children's world and trying not to have such a big change to their life um, and fulfilling the dad role too in some ways, um, not to mention earning enough income to pay for our basic living costs and the private school fees because at the end of the day, the last thing my kids needed was for me to pull them out of their schools or for me to sell our family home. So I needed some flexibility to be paid and to be paid well. Um, I'd already been self-employed for eight years, so at the time I felt like starting my own business was pretty much the only option I had. Yeah, and I'm sure those listening would agree that starting your own business is a monster challenge of itself without the added layers that you were juggling at that time. So how did how did you find the strength to get through? <laughs> oh, honestly, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, you don't know how strong you can be until you have no option. And so I just dig, dug deep and continue to dig deep and find find the strength. Um, I actually look back now and reflect on what I did and I, I can't believe it, to be honest. There were days where I just didn't want to continue um, and then I just thought about my clients that I work with and the impact I was having on them and how I was helping them and, to be honest, that's just that. Well, that's just how it got, got, I got through. Um, you know, one thing I do want to share though is I ended up in this position because I didn't have enough insurances in place when Brett passed away and I should have known better as an advisor. So this not having adequate insurance really limited my choices and put additional pressure on me um, and this is one of my biggest regrets. Yeah and I wouldn't be too hard on yourself with that one you're certainly not on your own you know we know uh, full well that under insurance is a massive issue in Australia for a myriad of reasons Um, but it's because we understand the likely impact that's precisely why we strongly advocate for people to seek insurance advice to get the best mix of affordable cover that they can and As you pointed out, you know, in your case, it did mean that choices were limited, which added pressure at no doubt the worst possible time. Um, When we caught up recently to prepare for today's podcast and we were chatting about divorce, you know, you explained that you've observed that many women and men often feel financially powerless and not able to move on from a relationship. Why do you think that is? I think clients can sometimes feel that they can't afford to leave a relationship. Sometimes, you know, they've put their career on hold or taken a lesser paid role to allow for more flexibility with the children or their partner, they allow their partner to go on and progress with their career. Um, And then as I see, as the children get older and relationships change, they don't feel they have the ability anymore to be financially independent without having their partner there. Um, And this, this is actually something that really saddens me. 
I guess we all have choices in life. Sometimes it just come with trade-offs. You know, for example, some clients may choose to remain in a relationship that's not fulfilling to maintain what they think society sees as a success, such as, you know, a nice home or a car, for example, while others choose to, you know, leave and sacrifice a nice home and car for potentially a more fulfilling life and relationship and therefore needing to create their own financial independence themselves. Yeah, and there's no doubt that this would have to be one of the toughest choices someone can make, but you make a really good point about how society views success or sees success. And I guess part of the process um, is working through what does success really mean for you? What, what matters? What is important? And, and in relation to trade-offs, you know, in your opinion, um, uh, sorry, and in relation to trade-offs, but in your opinion, how important is financial literacy in all of this and, and developing good money skills and working towards independence? Oh gosh, it's imperative. So one of my favourite parts of my role is watching our clients go through from strength to strength as we work together and they learn and understand more about money and how it works they learn to value it more and appreciate that it actually provides the foundation to, you know, security, choice and freedom. Yep, without a doubt. And breaking this down a little more, another issue you mentioned when we caught up is that you commonly see that focus on the percentage split in divorce rather than viewing it through the lens of what might be fair. You know, when going through financial separation, how important is it for people to know what they need to live off and compromises that may need to be made? And how should people go about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's essential to be able to make an informed choice and decision that comes from a place of knowledge, particularly when money is involved. This gives you greater control and comfort just to make those difficult decisions. An example that comes to mind is I was referred a client from a family lawyer I work with. She was very emotional and overwhelmed. She had not been involved with the finances for many years and was married to someone who did not want the marriage to end um, and who always made those financial decisions. So as part of our process, she was required to do a realistic budget of what she and her children would require to live independently. We're able to map this out for her and then list all her joint assets and liabilities. And we talked about how that asset split that we were talking about earlier would impact on her financially and the logistics around this. So going through that process, it became very clear that she would be required to work more and more in line with her qualifications, however, still maintaining the ability to manage her children when she had them. Mm-hmm. We worked out exactly how much she would be required to earn to make, to make it all work. So he, he did not want to split any of the assets because he saw how it was going to impact on them financially and that it could potentially put them into a, to a position where the property or our property would have to be sold to meet the financial settlement. So what we did is we provided her the options that she had. So we w- talked through what would it mean to her if we split the assets by 70-30 or 60-40 or 50-50 from an asset split perspective and then projected out what that actually meant to her in, you know, in her, for her future. We're also able to give her estimates on child maintenance and Centrelink entitlements and then how those would be impacted by her working more or earning more. Mm-hmm. So I guess the knowledge of how that asset split would impact her future and her financial independence enabled her to have the confidence to then go ahead and negotiate harder to get a more equitable settlement with her ex-partner. She also had a very clear idea of things like when she would be able to pay off her new home and when she'd be able to retire and on what sort of income she'd be able to retire on, even though she you know, was only in her early 40s. But this gave her that certainty in uncertain times. 
And funnily enough, I just met with her um, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, 12 months on, I, you know, she's just a different woman now. She's so happy, she's empowered and she's just loving her new career path. So it's just gorgeous. And I imagine incredibly grateful. And um, thanks for sharing that story, Donna. What really resounded for me in that was, you know, regaining some certainty in uncertain times is really powerful. Another vexed issue um, can be the decision around whether or not you should engage a lawyer. And I guess that would depend on whether the separation is acrimonious or amicable, you know, the complexity, the financial affairs and, and perhaps the size of the asset pool. Yeah, for sure. So I feel that legal advice and financial advice are equally important and from what I see, the best outcomes we see is when clients engage our services before any financial negotiations start or any settlement offers are decided upon with the family lawyers. I guess if the situation is amicable, clients have the option of engaging one lawyer to draft the documents. So we're seeing an increase in um, in this actually, yeah. So if each partner engages a different financial advisor to model and show them the financial impact of the separation, then they can agree on the settlement and then take the agreement to one lawyer to draft the consent orders. And then this process often saves on costs and you know not just financial costs actually, it, it reduces a lot of the emotional stress as well. So in this instance, it's just really important to note that we have an ethical obligation, a legal obligation as a financial advisor that we don't take on both clients. So the, the, the independent um, couple or partners are, you know, are required to see separate financial advisors so their best interests are catered for. Yeah, that's a really good point, and and it's um it's interesting in in terms of you know where that kind of approach is viable. Um, you know, minimising that emotional stress and the cost, I guess, would be the key benefits from that. Um, now, my understanding is that whether or not you engage a lawyer to formalise the financial settlement, it would need to be signed off by the family courts. Yeah, absolutely. It's important that it gets signed off by the courts um, because if the financial separation isn't lodged and accepted by the courts, it's my understanding that it leaves po- both parties very vulnerable to potential future claims. However, this isn't more of a legal issue and you know should be sought at with your family lawyer. Yeah, that's a really good point and thanks for clarifying that. So, okay, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Um, in terms of things that you think people should consider when preparing for divorce, if I had to bring it back or you had to bring it back to just three, what would they be? Um, just be aware of what assets you actually have. So these include things like bank accounts, superannuation funds, shares, property, etc. And then also on the other side, be aware of what debts you have. So either in individual names or joint debts. So it doesn't matter whose name it's in or if you're married or in a de facto relationship, it's just important to know you know what, what interests you have, I mm. guess. Um, the second important part is, which I think is really important, is it's important to keep in mind that the key is to protect that asset pool. So at the end of the day, it's that asset pool that's invited. So even if one side spends more, it actually affects both of you until the financial settlement is complete. So it's important to be aware that the asset pool is determined when the property settlement is made. So there's this in-between period from when you decide to separate and when you actually have the financial settlement of the separation go through. So in this in-between stage, I've seen horror stories where I've had one partner or a partner um, withdraw full bank account details of cash, or then there's been another that's bought like a fancy car and spent a fortune on that. And then there's been another one who's had like plastic surgery. So, you know, this can get nasty. And in my view, it's best if you can avoid this situation because only really lawyers benefit from this 
So one way to mitigate this might be just to, you know, open separate accounts that you have your own individual uh, money go into and individual costs and then maintain one joint account where joint expenses can come out of while the negotiations go through. And then from a debt perspective, you know, potentially cancel redraw accounts or um, read yeah, redraw facilities on loans, but then also maybe make it two to sign to be able to borrow additional money off loans or things like that, just to, again, limit the asset pool not being reduced. And put a bit of protection in there. Yeah, for sure. And just forward think these things. Um, you know, and the third thing would just be to budget now and protect project for the future. So, you know, know what you need to live by yourself now, take into consideration all costs for children and future, and then future income needs. So, Obviously, when you separate, your living costs will reduce or they should technically reduce. You know, I know mine reduced by about 34% when I became single with two children. So it's just having that awareness, I guess. Yeah, and circling back to that second point, that in-between period is important for people to be aware of. And like you, I've also seen some horror stories over the years in that regards as well. Um, That last point um, around the reduction in your cost of living, that's a really interesting one. You know, the 34%... Um, drop is a bigger fall than I would have guessed, which I guess goes back to why that budgeting piece and doing that properly is really important. Um, so Donna, you spoke about the need to understand your overall asset and liability position. Can you maybe provide some examples for those listening as to what assets and liabilities are? Yeah, sure. Um, assets are things such as your family home, cash in the bank, any shares or superannuation you may have. It also includes cars and other valuable items. Liabilities are things like credit cards, store card, home loans, car loans, and those other personal loans. So your assets are all added up, less all your debts, and it becomes that net figure at the bottom that is divided between the two couples. Rich assets are split are also needed to be negotiated. Uh, so an example comes to mind. I have this um, male client who has a recent has had a recent settlement. And he was prepared to hold on to more of his super to allow for his wife to get a higher share of the assets held outside of super, which would allow her to buy a new home. So he was on a higher income. So he was more comfortable with debt, but more worried about his retirement. So, you know, you can have amicable separations and couples, from what I see, are mostly happy to negotiate things and get, you know, fair and equitable outcomes. Yeah, and you've raised the family home there and people naturally would worry about what might happen to their family home and the impact of splitting assets. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I truly believe and have absolutely lived by starting new beginnings. I believe, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. We have these types of discussions with clients. Not holding on to the past and moving forward in a considered and well thought out way is just admirable no one really likes changing things, particularly when kids are involved. It's also often difficult for people to accept that they need to sell their family home. So we can engage in these types of conversations and support the decisions with the numbers to demonstrate their options to them. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, this is quite powerful and it often assists clients to make those tough decisions. Yeah, that is powerful to approach it that way and there's no doubt that change is hard and difficult decisions do need to be made in these situations. You know, we we know that life doesn't go in straight lines and in your case, Donna, as you shared earlier, you know, the tragic loss of your husband, Brett, you know, if you're suddenly thrust into handling the household finances at a time of of high emotion and, and potentially grief... Um, you know, at a minimum, having an understanding of the basics of your financial situation um, would no doubt go some way to helping. 
Um, given you've personally worked with many clients who've been on this journey and, and I guess down this road, many I imagine were no doubt vulnerable. Do any stand out to you in terms of how your advice helped them navigate safely through? Yeah, I've been working with this um, high net worth client for almost two and a half years now. When I first remember, when I first met her, I remember her just being completely overwhelmed with the complexity of her financial situation and the thought of leaving her secure financial environment. She'd married into a large family business and decided she wanted to leave the marriage. The difficult position she was in was that not only was she divorcing her husband, but she was also losing her employment and in her mind, her financial security. She'd worked really hard in the business for many, many years and sacrificed her own career ambitions, including not finishing her degree. She moved to the country where she raised her children there or their children there. So I was recently talking to her while we were preparing for this podcast. So I asked her, what were the main areas I helped her in? And surprisingly, it's just not about the money. Mm. So, you know, she said that I connected things for her and brought in the right people at the right time to help her out. We worked with specialist accountants and lawyers collaboratively. I listened to her fears and concerns and just understood and identified her beliefs around money. I helped her face her true worth and fight for it. And that was a big thing. Um, I remember, you know, it was a big thing and is for many, many women. Mm. She trusted me and acknowledged that you can't do it on your own. So her advice to those out there is go with your intuition and let your emotions go. Be careful who you listen to and don't ask for too many outside opinions. She found that she was targeted by people who were very convincing initially and she trusted them and she thought they had their best, her best interests at heart, but the reality was they often had their own agenda and interest ahead of hers. So my opinion on this is that you don't know what you don't know and if you get the right team behind you, you can achieve great things. <laughs> she, got, um, she got a great financial settlement and she should be very, very proud of that. You know, what strikes me about that story is in asking her what were the main areas that she felt you helped her in, that it wasn't about the money. You know, this is such a powerful story and there's so much in it for others to take away. You know, finding someone you can trust to work with, trusting that intuition, being connected to the right people at the right time and having your trusted advisors work collaboratively and identifying your beliefs around money. That's a big one. In this story, your client was targeted by people who she felt ultimately had their own agenda and, you know, placed their own interest ahead of hers. And, you know, I guess another angle that you often see when people are separating that I'm thinking about is well-meaning family and friends wanting to, you know, offer opinions and advice. What are your thoughts and experience in relation to that? Yeah. So from my own experience and even and working with clients who are mostly vulnerable and working through big changes in their life. So often family members and friends, they do, they waltz in to provide them with advice. And, you know, I do genuinely believe that it is coming from a good place and they are trying to help. But my words of caution are that these people don't necessarily have all the information. They tend to make assumptions and nor do they have the right skills and, you know, to be honest, it's actually just none of their business in my mind, <laughs> sorry. Um, I have to just, just have to say that. Yep, so, you enough. know, I, I would prefer that people sought empowerment by education and seeking professional advice rather than being guided by friends and family with their money matters. So, you know, I love my family and friends and, you know, I'm sure and my clients do too. So their role is just providing that emotional support, fun, laughs, love, put money aside, 
Yeah, well said. And not having all of the necessary information or the right skills in, in many cases are really good takeouts from that. Okay, I'm conscious of time, Donna. Um, you know what, you and I could uh, be sitting here for hours together talking about this. Um are there any resources that people listening could refer to for more yeah. information? Yeah, the moneysmart.gov.au mm-hmm. um, website that's got, you know, wealth of knowledge. You've also got the child support calculator, which most people probably don't usually know about. So that's you can a actually good one. Yeah, you can estimate, you know, what child support uh, you'd be entitled to depending on your circumstances and you can just put your bits and pieces in there to get some figures for you so you can do your budgeting. And then the Centrelink online benefit estimator as well. So you might be eligible for additional benefits you weren't weren't sure that you're entitled to. Yeah, so those last two, the child support calculator, um, I believe it's processing.csa.gov.au forward slash estimator forward slash about dot ASPX. Sorry, that's long, but that might be one that people really do want to look at. Absolutely. Um, And the Centrelink online benefit estimator, www.servicesaustralia.gov.au forward slash individuals forward slash topics then online estimators, and that should come up for you. Yeah, um, Donna, any final nuggets of wisdom before we close off? Okay, so um, I can personally relate to how hard it is. However, I do believe that you're not dealt anything in life that you cannot handle. So take that on board. Yeah. <laughs> um, take accountability for your situation. Be involved and, and absolutely care. And then the last one is don't underestimate your power of the power of getting good financial advice. So seek professional advice from professionals who deal with this type of thing daily. Yeah, your belief that you're not dealt anything in life that you cannot handle has always shone through with you, if I can say that, Donna. Um, You truly are inspirational. I don't think you quite realise how inspirational you are to others. So thank you for sharing your wisdom, your story, your expertise here today. Um, I'm sure that those listening um, would have got a lot of value um, out of your, you know, honesty and um, your authentic approach. So thank you so much for that. No worries. Thanks, Julia. And thank, and also Julia also was nominated <laughs> this week in the top 50 most, you know, influential advisors. So congratulations, Julia. Thanks Julia. for sneaking that in, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That was another episode of Good Money Habits, brought to you by Lighthouse Capital. A reminder that this episode was general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs, and therefore may not be appropriate for you. It is recommended that you seek professional advice before making any significant financial decisions. If you want to find out more, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts or head to www.lighthousecapital.com.au.